Hello. I'm I'm doing it. Oh, you're doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Right. What's yeah, yeah, yeah what's yeah, yeah. going on, buddy? Sorry, you got it. No, hey, no, come. <laughs> Hello. Oh, and what? <laughs> this is the thing that we're not. Hello oh, and, and welcome, welcome to, to Ten, 10 Very Big Books, books a Malice Hand Read Through Podcast. <laughs> All right, Christ. Today on the show, it's the second part of our Gardens of the Moon wrap up. After this episode, we're, we're moving on. Dead house gates, here we come. Choo choo, choo choo. Mine sound gates make. Uh, um, <laughs> my name is Peter Bond. I've read each book in the main series, and today on the show, I'd like to welcome to the show proper yeah. our producer AJ Flurry. Hello, it is me. It it me. It me. I'm here in the moment of the actual episode, not in not the post credits, yeah. thanking people and plugging stuff. Yes, terrific. So. The first wrap-up show, we are really talking uh, with Josh and India about just Gardens of the Moon, but we're going to take this opportunity to talk about Gardens of the Moon in the scope of the whole series. So if you have not read through the main series through the ending of The Crippled God, this podcast is not for you. Sorry. I'm sorry. We'll give you an opportunity to uh, to tune out in a sec, but today we're going to focus on the series in whole. So... um. If you're if you are gonna stop listening though, keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll be tweeting out when we start the Dead House Gates episode. Yeah, it'll probably be out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, by the time this episode goes up, yeah. just you know, um, I really wanted to have a chance to warn everyone, and I'll talk more about the show in a sec. But yep. we're gonna put in a little music. So if you haven't read the books, I mean, see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much space in here, wow, you know? Wow, yeah. look at it. I just could, I could say whatever I want, you know? Yeah, oh, that's gotta be freeing for you, huh? I can't imagine. Yeah, the, it, it is freeing. However, you also have read none of the books I have read for the, the books, context so I'm not of really the show. I'm not really gonna give you a whole lot. Yeah, so, but really, the reason we had AJ come on the show today is because um, I thought it would be better than just me speaking into the microphone alone yeah, for yeah. however long. I agree. So um, it was a group decision, and he's going to hopefully be able to give give something. Oh, yeah, I'll give something. Give something. We'll see. We'll see. So as I was saying up top, but I didn't want to keep droning on, you know, I really wanted to have a chance to do this. At times, developing the show, we were talking about doing it in different ways, but, you know, I really want I, I really want to speak about the series in whole, you know, since yeah. it's it's so interesting to talk about all 10 books in addition to just the one book, yeah. because especially with something like this, you know, um, so much of, I think, about what makes Malazan great is the scope of it, and um, not only the characters and stories, but the themes that are woven across the millions yeah. of words, you know? Yeah, that, and we talked about, too, when we were thinking about how to do this episode, the makeup of our audience, being people who have never read the books before, but probably being made up of people who have read the books before and have all of these opinions and, like, can't just tweet them at us or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, the, I think, you know, from, from feedback we've gotten, there are definitely some people who are four books in and some people who who know much more than me. Right. I really would like, in, like I think what's interesting about the show in some way is that it's like a document of India and Josh learning about the world right. and reading the story in some way. You know, it's 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 an interesting part of it. Mm -hmm. But I also would like it, it, it is also in some way functioning as a document about me learning more about the show, <laughs> uh, learning more about the books. Yeah. Because like, I mean, to be honest, I read the 10 books across maybe like 
three years or so. There yeah. were some gaps between where I was just reading other stuff or, you know. And, um, you know, I have a strong grasp on some things and a less strong grasp on some other things. And especially with a book like this, I mean, uh, and we'll talk about more later. It is like I read this book for the first time, you know? <laughs> it was it was an awesome time. And I, like halfway through the book, I, around uh, around the middle of the book, around, uh, I think book four or five of Gardens of Noon, yeah. I was just having so much fun. I read the book straight through to the end, <laughs> essentially in one sitting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, My eyes were lit up and I was so excited about the book. In a right. way, I never was the first time I read the book, you know? <laughs> And it it, it, it it was awesome. And, you know, there are some people and, and the thing is, it's like such a such a thing in the community. Everyone's always like, oh, and now you get to reread it. Yeah. And, you know, or you get to listen to it again. And, you know, basically what everyone says is true. It only, you know, it just gets better. And it's so <laughs> funny is because like, you know. I can't imagine how I feel when I'm going to reread, you know, Midnight Tides or reread Dust of Dreams, you yeah. know, like um, this is for people. Pe some people are reading the fifth, sixth time and they're picking up things again. You right, know, right, it, right, it right, is right. like some ways a document of Peter beginning to learn, like learn more about that kind of the the step beyond the first time you read that se the series. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad we have this episode so that you can explore those feelings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so... Well, I drank a little coffee and now I am going to like in the like what we just did with the show in Josh in India. I have some comments, you know, and I just wanted to to read them and we can bounce off them, you know, for sure. From a Reddit user WJBC really struggled there with those letters. I can tell. Yeah. The second time through, it was like someone had turned on the lights in a dark room and I had previously stumbled through or gave me glasses to correct my severe nearsightedness. Suddenly, everything was so much more clear. I'm glad I didn't did not wait to reread until after I finished the series. I reread it immediately and enjoyed it so much. Then I read each book in the series twice before moving to the next. Then I read the whole series again. <laughs> then I listened to it all on audio. Each and every time, it was a pleasure and I discovered many things. That's absolutely incredible <laughs> and that's and that's what i mean it's like some people i feel and it's it's funny on the show it's like i'm like the voice of the person who knows what's going yeah, on right 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 and i'm using massive air quotations <laughs> because you know like i definitely have more clue than india and josh who are really in the deep end so to speak right however compared to some other people in the community they some other people have epic knowledge i mean the books are are you know came uh, this 20th anniversary of gardens of the moon right, you know? right 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 so i read a post like that and that is someone who knows much i i feel much more about the books than me you know yeah. and i'm excited to uh you know start start picking that up more anyway let's uh let's talk a little bit uh specifically more about gardens of the moon you know yeah so uh, me and you have talked about this. Sure. Uh, going forward in the books, the bridge burners and stuff. Sure. Kind of disappear for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what? <laughs> so what is it like hearing uh, Josh's prediction from a couple episodes ago? Uh, he said he thinks the whole next book we're just gonna be following the bridge burners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like really psyched about it. And that was that. Yeah. And it's tough because I don't want to get into like explaining what happens in the series to you. Yeah. Because yeah, I just don't feel like that's, that's fine. Good. Yeah. But I'll say this. It's certainly funny when I read this this book. I mean, someone wrote uh, we're going to read another comment later on that I really think speaks to it. However, so much of the plot of this book is like 
just light years away from where the series ends. You know, I read The Crippled God Mm. maybe eight months ago or something, and it is, you know, almost entirely unrelated. (laughs) I mean, like, that's like I'm being a little glib about it. It's definitely related somehow, but really it's just like, you know, it's almost like the the start of part one of three parts. Yeah. And like, you know, because Genabacus, you like, uh, you know, I'm rereading Toll the Hounds right now. And that's in Darugistan. And but even it's in Darugistan in such an unrelated way. You know, this is such a Malazan focused thing. Right. And it's actually something that I kind of struggled with for a little bit. Mm. And it's I felt a little disconnected from the ending in some way, because when like you come into the series, you're like, man. It's all about Malazan and all about the Empire and Lacine. And then slowly as the series goes on, we kind of, I don't know, but pull away from it in a way. I mean, it, it, obviously, Malazans are still really important and Tavor's a Malazan and the, the the Bone Hunters and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's just it, it's less about those politics. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's so funny to start in this book, which is such a mix of imperial politics, kind of conquest, and, you know, like the stuff with Opan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I could talk a lot about the Opan stuff, I feel. But it's all, it's very different. Like, you know, I think the first time the Four Color Sail are mentioned is in like book four or something. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The Tisti Leosians certainly aren't mentioned here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, like, all of these things that eventually. Climax in right. Book Ten don't even exist yet. I mean, they <laughs> exist in the world. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Jagat are mentioned, right. uh, like Talani. Ma- I in my mind, I'm like the Talani Master, like a fourth of the. It's they're a huge part of the series. Really? But just in so in my like and especially with Tool, right? Like Tool, I I can think of this huge history all the way through all the books, right? Especially with Troll and. He is like perfunctory in this, (laughs) you know, like we meet him. I'm like, oh, it's Tool, my like one of my favorite people. And I guess I just in my mind, I was coloring him to have a bigger history. But I was just bleeding it in from (laughs) the rest of his parts in the series. You know, right, 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 right. Yeah. But but to build on that. And actually, I think I'll read read this comment now. Uh, It's from uh, Reddit user Anal Laser. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they wrote a, a great post and um, it, it's a little long, so I probably can't read all of it. But here's this. I also picked up a lot more themes in Gardens on rereads. The series has some pretty clear and consistent themes, and it's cool to see how Gardens lays down some of the groundwork. Erickson makes his characters and by extension the reader witness injustice and then make his characters ask how to give answer to this. Um... And I, I think the nails hit on the head right there. And yeah. it, uh, it, it was a it was a great comment, and I was so glad to see it today. It, it's such a funny counterpart to what I was just saying about how far away the ending plot is mm. from Guardians of the Moon. Is that it? This this book feels at once entirely unrelated to the right. to the series, and also like quintessential to right, what right, the right. whole series is about. You know, I mean, it, it is both of a piece. You know, I, I you know. I could just keep restating it. I mean, like when I think about what resonates it is it is a kind of, I don't know, like a tragedy or an injustice kind of as as they were saying. And, you know, the book's just saturated in it. Do you mean saturated in a, in a type of, I don't know, it's saturated in the themes of the rest of the series. And you can kind of see how all like the, the prologue even, you know, mm. when you think about the prologue and pair in considering whether to act or not. You know, I know it's been said before. I feel like everything I'm saying, you know, it's it, we're 20 years into it, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just 
it's a it's a reflection on action and what when what we are to do in the world you know yeah. like does the world need another wine merchant right that's something um i think Perrin asks or whiskey jack one of the two of them says it to each other yeah and to me it begs the question not then if the world needs another wine merchant but then what does the world need because if yeah. it doesn't need a wine merchant what like what what should you be doing you know what i mean and, and i just think it's such a great building point into the rest of the series uh you were talking about opon who was like the, the twins of chance the yeah. twins of luck yeah tell me about opon <laughs> yeah well opon's like a uh it really struck me reading this time and um that's why I kind of want you to ask me about that. Like, it's just such a random thing. Like, a lot of the series is so built through, through I mean, Cotillion, Shadow Throne, Hood, Crawl, all these people are, you know, all the way through. And Opan is just kind of a much more, like, perfunctory thing in some way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I'm still kind of grappling and wrestling with why exactly luck is such a big part of it, you know? And um, I think about that quote about, you know, it, it it's in Midnight Tides, I think. It's about, you know, uh, it's uh, Erickson's Ray and some like we're all rocks being cut differently by the same river or mm. something like that. And it's this, yeah, I, you know, it just thinking about ways that these forces that are much bigger than ourselves uh, have such an influence and cut people in different directions. And I think that luck is, is being reflected in that. But yeah. also, like, I still don't know what to make necessarily of like Crocus getting rid of the coin, Perrin having it. I'm still trying to make sense thematically of maybe exactly what Erickson's trying to trying to poke at with talking about luck in that way. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I would mostly say luck's being portrayed as a negative thing in the book. Um, it certainly doesn't feel like anyone likes it. Murillo says something about it. I, I, I'd have to look up the quote, though. You know, it, it's just the start of something, and I'm, it's so present in the book mm-hmm. that clearly something's trying to be said about it. Yeah. And I, I am uncertain. So um, <laughs> if someone wanted to share a better thought than the thoughts I have, yeah. I would love to hear it. Yeah. So <laughs> um, what do you think the, I guess, let me phrase it like this, I guess. What do you feel like the hottest take <laughs> Indy and Josh have had? Hmm. You know, um, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, clarify it with a better, uh... I mean, I guess in, in, in the context, okay, so maybe not the hottest take, but like, the least informed take mm. uh, in the a context. Lot of, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> right, exactly. But like, what do you think was the the like wildest thing in the context of the rest of the series that that they are thinking is going to happen or like that they feel like, oh, this character is bullshit or like well, whatever. Well, like, it, it almost just comes back to what I was saying where like, you know, they're talking about the moon spawn a lot, you know? And like moon spawns just not important. You know what I mean, and you know, I mean, the it, giant moon base. Yeah, it's just not important. Amazing. I mean, it's important thema- like it's important emotionally, and like it really affects Tisty Andy's arc. You know, but I mean, after it uh, crashes in Black Coral, I mean, it's just you know the 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 life of moon spawn will shortly end. However, the Tisty Andy's despair and it kind of flowing into that um, is definitely relevant throughout the series. However, I'm currently rereading Toll the Hounds, so perhaps <laughs> it's a specifically colored response. Um, but it's just the same thing. It's like at this point, they're just they're not even aware of what the book <laughs> is about, right? As far exactly. as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It like they probably think the book is in some way about imperial politics or something yeah i mean i i also do like that is, yeah, that, that's where i am yeah right of course like, and that you haven't read the 10 very big books right exactly so, 
And uh, I'm really, but um, what I'm more looking forward to, to just speak about the two of them experience, two of theirs experiences. First off, I'm really looking forward to them getting to Dead House Gates. That's mm. very exciting to me. But also, I'm really excited for them to start tuning in and for us to having bigger conversations about kind of the themes of the series, you mm. know? Like, um, everyone always talks about compassion or like um, the the question of what to do about the injustices and mm. the problems of suffering of the, of the world or conversations about history and grief, you know, things that I really think make up the, the DNA of the series, you know? So I'm really excited to 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 start building into those conversations and, and um, some later passages in the series, you know, the plot, the plot is almost less important than kind of the mood and the, the writing, so to speak. And I know that's not for everyone. I haven't read Carcanus yet, and I know uh, that can be a point of conflict for some people, but I'm I'm really looking forward to reading Carcanus because um, I'm having a blast reading Toll the Hounds. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and in fact, talking so much about Anne Amanda Rake making this podcast and the Tist Andy, I really was like, damn, I fucking should have read Carcanus, you know, it made me feel like a real <laughs> clown. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing as I was saying, like, so, like, so many people have so much, so much more knowledge than me. It's sometimes I feel a little, uh, you know. Yeah. Out of step, so to speak. Mm. Speaking of speaking of Toll the Hounds, CJ Man twenty one says, Ahem. "Thanks. Sometimes the anticipation of getting to certain points on the trip is more intense than when you don't know they're coming." Toll the Hounds greatly benefits from a reread after finishing the series, as much as Gardens of the Moon does. Toll the Hounds is brutal on rereads and is t- typically a divisive installment in the series, but I have found that many who did not like it on first reads actually love it on rereads, just like Gardens of the Moon. Mm. And that really resonated with me, and a lot of people left comments on Twitter or Reddit speaking about um, people who had reread it, about how much they enjoy- more they enjoyed Gardens of the Moon. Hmm. And-, and the same thing is going with Toll the Hounds. You know, I... You know, I Toll the Hounds I actually preferred more than some of the other books in the series. But Gardens of the Moon used to be one of my, you know, ninth or is a, 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 I think the eighth, my eighth favorite of them. Yeah. I, I checked my power rankings before I came <laughs> into the episode. But I, I, you know, after this, it grew so much in my esteem. I mean, it, it's tough because it's not going to beat out Memories of Ice. You know, it's not going to beat out Bone Hunters. I love Midnight Tides. It's my favorite book. But just understanding what happened in the book goes a long way, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and just having the ability to process it and having used to Erickson's style. A lot of people wrote comments about about that, about just trying to understand how he specifically writes fantasy. Yeah, it, it, I was just um, the book grew a lot in mm. my esteem. Uh, so, you know, we were talking about earlier how this book sets the stage for a lot of the rest of the series. How do or what thematically? Thematically, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. I mean, plot-wise, for sure. Just you know, I, the thing is, this the plot climax is so big mm. that it like it's like sets up the first ten of a hundred dominoes that gets <laughs> dropped later on. Fair do you know I mean? But what is the what? What's the hardest thing in this book to keep a secret from Josh and India? Uh, especially like just talking about the the plot is one thing, but having them actually react to it and have these thoughts about certain events and stuff and you not being able to be like, well, you know, that doesn't really. It's funny that you say that sometimes I feel like it's almost the reverse, hmm. you know, like when I'm reading Gardens of the Moon, there are like there are lots of passages that I just know uh... are aren't that important. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, they're like 
you know, it's just a scene where Crocus is being a goon and talking about his life or whatever, you know, or there's just not every page is going to be that important. I mean, it's like some pages are rising action. That's just how it goes. So sometimes it's like, well, time for us to talk about this scene for three minutes. And just, (laughs) and they're like positing that the scene has all this weight. Mm. And I I almost need to be like, no, like we're good. You know, we're like, (laughs) the the book's not going to get cracked open on this scene. But I, I, but to speak to it, um, I think what I'm really worried about is because there's no huge thing I could spoil in this book. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like an episode one. I could be like, and then the Galen Demon Lord show. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a big twist. We're like, next book, huge, huge, huge dramatic ending, you know. And I feel like the whole time we're going to be talking about Coltane, I am just going to be sitting with my tongue in my mouth. I mean... <laughs> Like they like when Tattersail died in this book, and jo- instantly Josh is like, "Yeah, I don't think Tattersail's dead." I was like, "You're <laughs> like, I couldn't keep it together at all." And I just feel like knowing them, they're gonna be making a ton of predictions about yeah. Coltane or like you know what's gonna happen with Capustan or Shaikh or the the Tistan or the Tistidor or Yigatan. You know, if I'm just listing climaxes yeah, throughout yeah, each yeah, book, yeah. you know. This one is much, and plus this, they, they have no idea what was going on in this book. Right. So half of it was them <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Where I think in Dead House Gates, they're going to have a much better idea of what's going on. And they're going to really be making predictions about what's going to happen with Coltane. I think less so with the Tremolore stuff. I mean, that's just, I don't know. It, I feel like if they're going to be confused about something, it'll be that or the Fainir and the Heboric stuff. But um. I just think, uh, I don't know, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about <laughs> keeping that a secret. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I feels like I'm, I'm really glad that I know sometimes they hang out on the Malzahn subreddit just lurking mm-hmm. or, um, you know, but uh, I, I told them not to go on the wiki. I don't think they've been exposed to any of that stuff. Right. But like, you know, some stuff like what am I? We're going to meet Troll pretty soon mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna just sit on the troll fact <laughs> for you know i love troll sengar and i guess i'm just gonna be super chill about you know it like <laughs> like it that that's really what i'm thinking about you know yeah. trying to sit sit on those big deaths or those big moments and those those times that like really shock the reader so mm-hmm. to speak oh just thinking about speaking at Kovian for all of book three is like crushing me. I mean, my, my, one of my favorite characters, whole series, yeah. you know. This book, though, I think, I mean, I definitely botched a few things. For sure. For sure botched a few things. And, and maybe it just had to do with my lack of more specific knowledge about this book since mm-hmm. I so poorly understood it the first time I read it. Yeah. But like I kept saying Perrin had an Odotaral sword which is true for the rest of the series, but I forgot that he gets it from Lorne. Um, so like it was somewhat a spoiler, uh, but, you know, I guess, you know, it worked out all right. You know, it's, you know, it's not like I was talking chain of dogs. So um, definitely making predictions going forward is going to be mm-hmm. a more difficult thing. Yeah, um, make the predictions and then cover up your camera. yeah right especially since you know as like you know like next book you know they meet you know slowly they're meeting characters who are like actually going to be involved in the end game Mm. do you know what i mean 
Where, like, right now, like, Murillo is not... <laughs> I mean, Murillo is just not that important in the series, in the huge scope of the series. I mean, in this book, definitely one of the more important... You know, Toll the Hounds, definitely love the Murillo stuff there. Very sad, of course. Unjust, now that I'm really thinking about it. I chose a really bad example. Um, but, man, yeah. That's all. I guess that's all I have to say about trying to keep things tight-lipped. All right. What's tough is I feel like we're just talking a lot about the show and, mm -hmm. and a little bit my experience. Yeah, well, I mean, you... I, I, and it feels like I should be in this space being like, and then Leo Men of the Flails and the Queen of Dreams and, you know, like, exclaiming about things that are happening mm -hmm. in book six or, like, I can't believe um, what happened with Rulad and, yeah. you know, or, I don't, like, talk about the very ending. But I just don't know why I'd be like, man, I love when Tavor collapses into Perrin's arms. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that is true. And I do <laughs> love that. It was one of my better parts of the crippled god. Yeah. But, like, it, it's so far removed from this in a way. Right, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's, like, that That was where my head was. Is like, well, we already talked about how this is a big thematic, like, setup. So the only but... the only thing is maybe we should, if we're really making a point, to try and spoil some things. I know. Before I'm just, we I'm, go, I'm just asking. I'm not. I'm not because like I, I think know. this is the first type of this episode, so I think it's okay if it's just like I, I agree, and I think I hope our listeners understand we're really trying to. <laughs> we're, we're making it. We're playing we're jazz. We're, we're making we're it up in, in the moment. Yeah. Um. So if there's really something to spoil, I guess it'd be to talk about the other Genabacus books, or mm. maybe the Bridge Burners. You know, I do think. Uh, I love Memories of Ice so much. I mean, next level book, so good. And it's so interesting to see so much of the groundwork for that book start here in a book that I, you know, I, I'm okay on Guardians of the Moon. Definitely, it grew so much more in this time round. But, you know, it is not why I am making a podcast about the book series, you know, <laughs> that is much more about, you know, a book like Memories of Ice. Yeah, do you right, know what right, I mean? Right, right. So it's so interesting to see, like, because when I think about Genabacus, I think about Memories of Ice, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting to see, like, Dujek here as kind of a secondary character. And I, I know he's not the main character, but he's, you know, I really think about him forefront. Or a character like Caladan Brute, who has, like, the one scene in this book, yeah. but is mu a much bigger character than Memories of Ice. Really? And I'm like, oh, sick, my fucking boy, you know? <laughs> I fucking love the dude, you know? Let's see that Warhammer, baby, <laughs> you know? Um and so, and just here, oblique mentions to the Paninian seer, right? And, um, you know, I, I'm so excited to talk about Memories of Ice and to, like, um, I want to make a whole episode where we just, maybe two, just about Kapustan. I mean, such a cool, like, next level pseudo climax at yeah. the end of the book, whatever. I, I mean, just so excited about Memories of Ice. So, and then I'm, and it's a similar thing. And I'm so, uh, I know I read that, uh, Reddit comment earlier, I mean, Toll the Hounds too. I am like halfway through it again, right? And I and I picked it up I, I picked up Toll the Hounds again because I felt like I had lost track of some of the ending plot lines because I took like for some dumbass reason, I took like a five month break between Dust of Dreams and <laughs> Crippled God. And like the two books are deeply connected, you know? So um it was a huge mistake. And mm -hmm. I came back to Crippled God and was like out of the pocket. And then by the time I got in the pocket, I was, you know, anyway. So I'm like, I'm going to refinish the series, basically. So yeah. I picked up Toll the Hounds, and I'm having you know, a great time. I used to, 
I used to think what so many people say that's just like, oh, it's kind of good. And then the ending kicks ass because the ending does kick ass. And when you're fucking going down and with Hood and Hood's army and you're uh, um, so exciting, so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the mind blowing shit that you're I'm I'm thinking about, you know, mm. and, you know, read it all in one sitting, just as everyone says. Right. So I'm having a blast rereading the first half of the book mm -hmm. that I previously considered the long, slow bill, the long, slow burn. Do you know what I mean? I mean, definitely, definitely some of the Tis Andy stuff is, is a little, you know, I prefer the Darugistan stuff, you know, <laughs> but that's not a hot take ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, many people feel that way. But, you know, I, I am excited. Man, I'm talking a lot, a lot about Toll the Hounds today, but. Um, big fan <laughs> a growing fan for sure um but it's the same thing and it, it i think it's actually changed in part where it reflects uh cutter's experience of returning to the, of Durugistan, where you know it's a foreign place at that point i mean after you leave memories of ice i mean you're not in Genabacus. the book much more is lether focused and even bone hunters are like even Bone Hunters, when I was reading it, I felt like I had been so shifted away from mm. the Malazans and what was going on there. Especially once then they go to, in Reaper's Gale, once Tavor and, uh, I think they're the Fourth Army. I, I forget. I always get bad with the numbers. After Tavor goes to Lether, Matharis, you know, it, it, all of it just, it, it's like a whole other world. Mm. Do you know I mean? And that's why it, it, it feels like you're returning, I don't know, returning to the Shire, so to speak. You know, <laughs> it, it is... And that's it's it's an interesting aspect of, of book eight. And I mean, they're really the only three books kind of based around this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, book eight's the last time you see Animanda Rake, you know, oh, wow. oh, that's another thing. They keep being like <laughs> Animanda Rake, the main, like he seems like such a main character. And like, it's like all this stuff. Definitely a central character. Yeah, definitely. But there are no like main characters. Yeah. If right? there's a main character, maybe it's Perrin, yeah. you know, but even then, you know, there's like maybe 30, 20 main characters yeah. and you know, there are whole books without parent. Right. You know what I mean? Or like whole books without Tavor. Yeah. So it's not about the specific people. It is about the events that they are involved ex in. Exactly. Yeah. It's really about kind of this, the, a time in this world and this right. confluence. Yeah. And it's like a history book. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, in a way. So, no. Not to, not to say it's like no, there's like a textbook. But no, like it's, it, that's a, a very apt way to think about it. And I'm going to read this quote later that speaks to it. And, sure. and the, the idea of history and what it means and this being a history and what that would mean is so soaked through it. Yeah. So in some way, it's deeply... It's like a fleshed out Cimmerillion. A little bit. It, yeah. It's deeply ironic that you that was the word choice you chose, <laughs> you, you, you made, you know. Um, so I guess, I guess, uh, I guess maybe that's about it for this show. Yeah. Nice little... I don't know how long we've recorded, yeah, but... About 30 minutes. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, before I... Uh, This is the opening quote of the whole series. Now these ashes have grown cold. We open the old book. These oil-stained pages recount the tales of the fallen. A frayed empire, words without warmth. The hearth has ebbed. Its gleam and life's sparks are but memories against dimming eyes. What cast my mind, what hew my thoughts open as I open the book of the fallen and breathe deep the scent of history. Listen, then, to these words carried on that breath. These tales are the tales of us all, again, yet again. We are history, relived, and that is all, without end, 
that is all. Wow, I really yeah, I did it. You 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 did you did the thing, and that's why when you chose the word, I was like, man, what yeah. a what a choice. Um, full disclosure, I I have not read the books. Yeah, you haven't. No, I think I think the listeners have picked up on <laughs> your lack of ignorance. You can say ignorance. yes, yeah, sure. Um, anyway, no, I mean, so I think that's about it for for this show today. Yeah, you know, we're fine out. Maybe we're gonna do something differently when we get through Dead House Gates and. Yeah. You know, maybe this type of conversation will be different. I definitely want to keep having a space. Maybe it'll be Ren. Maybe we'll write something in addition to it. Yeah. I don't know. Just just somewhere where I can fucking talk about the fucking Coltane yeah. without, you know, because I feel like, I don't know. I'm. It's going to be good. I'm going to do it. Just I'm very nervous yeah. about keeping that on lock yeah. down. If, if you as a listener have any opinions on how you would see this remodeled in the future oh that's a great idea please definitely email us yeah dm to, us on twitter don't yeah <laughs> may, yeah um just just shoot us a message or something. Yeah, i mean something. like obviously we're not wedded to this specific format yeah, and no, we're just that's, that's we're what spitballing we're here yeah this whole thing like everything in this show is like subject to change everything like the yeah you know it's it's a growing thing it's a yeah. living show we're uh you know we want it to, we want to make it what something like we want to make it what you want to hear you know, yeah, you the listener. We 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 definitely want to make sure it's a type of conversation that um you know is really engaging and and yeah. and, and is living living with the knowledge of the rest of the series. Yeah. You know, so um anyway, so I think probably in about a week or so, uh, uh we haven't had the exact schedule yet, but yeah. definitely up pretty soon is going to be the first episode of uh, Dead House Gates. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Once again, it'll probably be a similar length for us to get through. Dead House Gates is a little bit longer. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's I, I I imagine, God willing, that we get to a book like Toll the Hounds that, you know, we probably can't do Toll the Hounds in eight episodes like yeah. we did Guardians of the Moon just because it's such a much longer book. Right. But I think we'll probably be able to do Dead House Gates in about the same amount of time, maybe a few more for a book like Memories of Ice. Yeah. But for those of you who've read all the books, I would imagine, you know, it, it would take us about, I don't four months or so to five months to get through each book. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to keep up with that pace and we're just, uh, I'm hoping India and Josh really love book two yeah. and that it gets them excited about the rest of the series. Yeah. I know, I know for me, I, it definitely reading book two is what like sold me on the series. And I know I'm not the first person to say that, but um, I just think it's such a great book and I'm really excited for us to have a conversation about it too. Yeah. Just sounds like a blast. Yeah. So, you can look for that on the feed coming up soon. There will be... I am in the episode proper, but I will also be in the episode in three weeks oh, from now. Yeah. Uh, so there will be a specific date in like a minute. Yeah, two. exactly. Like, we're, uh, we're, we're, we probably haven't figured out that date, no. and AJ will edit it in, in post. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I'd like to thank for coming on the show. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for having me as this uh, kind of proxy interviewee, interviewer. Yeah, I... You know, I feel a little self-conscious. I feel like I still ended up speaking most of the time. No, but... I mean, that's what this is. I, I don't have a lot to speak about. Like, Yeah, well, you, you certainly have not read all 10 books. I have not read all 10 books. That is a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I really feel like the moral of the story is maybe I shouldn't be reading Toll the Hounds. I shouldn't go pick up a sale and fucking finish the ice book so I can, so I can read Karkanas. Maybe. No, I think I should. But I really want to I really want to kind of get a good end, grasp on the ending, you know? Yeah. So. Alrighty. Um, well, as always, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. And uh, see you with book two. Hey! Hey! Dead House Gates. Free. Dead House Gates. Ooh!
Hey everyone, producer AJ here in my rightful place after the episode. Uh, I apologize if my audio sounded a little weird during the episode. Peter and I recorded in person and our setup was a little bit wonky. Uh, Anyway, this is the last episode of our quote-unquote first season, which means we are officially done with Gardens of the Moon. Uh, Thank you all so much for the comments, the tweets, the emails, especially to those of you who reached out for this episode. Uh, Like Peter said, we would have loved to read them all, but we wanted to keep this episode a reasonable length. Uh, But please continue to send us your thoughts on Twitter at 10VeryBigBooks or in our email inbox 10VeryBigBooks at gmail.com. Your support means the world to us. I, I really mean that. Uh, we also, of course, want to thank Dan Gezerick for making our wonderful logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gezerick for a lot of New York Mets retweets. And of course, all the music for the show comes from Amaranthan's album Simulant Rain, which you can find on Bandcamp. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 Very Big Books will be back on September 6th, where our host will be kicking off season two by discussing the first few chapters of Dead House Gates. We look forward to seeing you there. And as always, thanks so much for listening.